It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rupine. Training camp training camp for 2021 for the Cincinnati Bengals has come to an end. I was distracted by James taking his hat or cap off. This episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto Dot com. When you buy something, make sure you tell them Locked On sent you. James, as training camp has come to an end, I think it's a good time for us to check in on roster battles across this team. The current state of offensive, defensive roster battles, obviously running back depth, wide receiver depth, starting guard, tight end depth on the defensive side. Some questions, I think, for some of the defensive line spots maybe the depth at linebacker and corner. We'll talk about where all those position battles stand. But Joe Burrow, I asked you yesterday, when's he going to talk to the media yet? Next. Turns <laughs> out it was on Wednesday, today, as we're recording this podcast. And seems like in stark contrast to the last time he spoke to the media, maybe it's all talk, maybe it's 100% true, which would be probably closer, in my opinion, to the truth. Seems like he's back to form, feeling a lot more like himself. For sure. Just confident, exactly what you're expecting. The smirks, the grins, all of the little th- the little things that you see and you saw at the start of camp that you might not have seen as much of, what was it, 10 days ago now, 11 days ago, a week from last Saturday when he took the podium. And it was, eh, I, I just got to get more reps, right? And he was calm always. But I think he got his swagger back a bit and feels like, okay, I'm going to get over this. I'm going to get past this threshold of the recovery, just like I did all these other little thresholds and barriers and plateaus. So, yeah. And and look, his play has done the talking. It's not like we're just looking at his body language like, yeah, he's fine. Well, of course, he's going to be comfortable in front of us at some point, but he's uh, certainly comfortable in the pocket. And that's translated to much more success for this offense during team drills and in practice. I love the smirk when he was asked, how much did you want to play this week? And he just, he pauses for a second, has this big old smile on his face. <laughs> oh yeah, I wanted to play this week. You could tell that's what he's thinking. He gives a, a diplomatic answer. You know, I'm not paid to make those decisions. And I trust that ownership and the coaches have the best interests at heart, essentially is the takeaway from his response. And He's also asked about, you know, do you want to play next week, essentially? And he's, he's lobbying for himself. And he's asked, oh, how are you lobbying for yourself to, to play in that last game? He's like, oh, I'm telling coaches some plays that I think might be some, you know, I would like to run this against Miami. I'd like to try this play against Miami. And he's kind of trying to be sneaky about it. Yeah, I'd love that. I asked him that because it's, it's to me, picturing him lobby for to, to play, especially like Zach Taylor, 
Like, I feel like Joe's going to win that battle. So to me, I wonder if he's, and I didn't ask him this because, you know, you don't want to get him in trouble, I guess, or whatever the case is. Not that he can get in trouble. He's the franchise. But does he go into Mike Brown's office? Does he say, Mr. Brown, I've been working on this goal route and I got to try it. I can't do it in practice. They're not letting me do it in practice in front of the media. I got to show people that I could throw it downfield. You know, what, what does he do? Because that would be the part that would be really funny. But yeah, I think I think he certainly probably jokes with Zach and, you know, Brian Callahan and Dan Pitcher and all those guys on the offensive side about playing. And if I'm Joe Burrow, I would want to play because what has this recovery process taught you? It's taught you that there's hurdles that you haven't seen coming that you're going to have to get over. Well, when he gets out there for that first snap, it, there might be something else that we haven't seen yet. It might just feel a little different. And so if you can get that out of the way safely against the Miami Dolphins, if I'm Joe Burrow, I want to get that the hell out of the way so I can prepare for the Minnesota Vikings two weeks later. And listening to Zach Taylor speak today, it did sound like starters are still only going to play a quarter in this preseason week two, which is what you would normally see, I think, from teams in preseason week two. So maybe my inclination that, you know, starters weren't going to play in week three is a little misguided as this is the first time we've had just three preseason games. So maybe they will play starters a little bit longer in week three. Maybe it'll just be another quarter and maybe that is an opportunity as Joe Burrow clearly very much interested in playing. And there's a great article, by the way, up, James. I don't know if you've had a chance to read it, but just in case anybody listening missed it on the ringer that they they talked to Joe and they talked to the Bengals about his recovery process. And uh, there was recently some insight into the the rehab staff as well, I think, on Bengals.com. So there's been some really good articles looking into Joe Burrow's rehab and, and getting the insights there that I'd encourage you all to check out if you haven't seen them. Let's talk a little bit about practice, the final training camp practice. It was a little bit of a, an abbreviated practice as you often see the last practice of the week in the regular season is, is not, you know, as full go as the earlier practices in the week as they try to get to game day and game day just one day away coming up on Friday. So the, the big standout appeared to be Chidobe Awuzie, who had another standout day. And Charlie G has talked about Chidobe, I think, more than some of the other beat writers out there proclaiming him one of the players of camp on numerous occasions and had a few more pass breakups on Wednesday on his way to another solid day of camp. No doubt. I mean, he's really pushing Jamar Chase. I think he's the Bengals' best corner. I think he's better than Mike Hilton. I think he's better than Trey Wayne's. I, I really do. Like, I think if, if there is a default number one guy, it's number 22. And it's just the way he's made plays on the ball. And he's going to get beat at times, but he's going to recover in those situations unless the ball is perfect in a couple of those times where he's taking advantage of a, an underthrow by Burrow. But on Wednesday, that wasn't the case. They're good throws. And Awuzie just stuck with Chase and just made a play on the ball without interfering. And I think that's kind of the key when you're doing that. You're going up against this physical receiver like Chase who's used to just out-muscling you. Is you don't want to grab too much because you're going to get a flag thrown on you. And, and he did that twice, a fade in the end zone. And then a, another fade in the end zone is a little farther out. Uh, it, the first one was, I think, for the five-yard line. Second one probably uh, from the 12 to 15-yard line or so. I posted one of the videos 
at all Bengals. But yeah, it it's it's kind of wild to see how much Awuzie has pushed Jamar Chase. And I think it's going to make Chase that much better when he lines up against the Minnesota Vikings. And that's probably why he's had some of these drops because it's been hard to shed 22. And then when you finally do, you're like, oh, I'm this open. And then, you know, once in a while you have a drop. And he had a couple more drops on, on Wednesday. So something to monitor. Yeah, and it's, again, something with the drops that we'll see what happens when the games actually matter. It's not ideal, obviously, and Zach Taylor talked about this. I think you asked a question uh, about the Jamar Chase drops. It sounds like the Bengals coaching staff isn't too worried about it. He does continue to put in the extra work with the jugs machine, which we know empirically, historically, does pay dividends for receivers that are struggling to catch the ball. And I'm not saying he's struggling. We'll just uh, we'll keep an eye on it as the games start to count. But I think, go ahead. It's just inconsistent. That's all. Like he had, it's crazy. He had a drop on Wednesday and the play before he had this ball. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'll show it to you. And if you're not, he basically reached behind himself running full speed. Awuzie is right there and he still finds a way to bring it in basically with one hand. The second hand was there to guide it. it you know, and so it's just, there's just a little inconsistency there. He's clearly capable of making crazy catches and, and being, uh, you know, a good hands receiver. We've just seen these consistently inconsistent hands throughout camp. So we'll see if he can play his way through it. Never showed up at LSU, as we've discussed, just five drops in his last season at LSU, which is a pretty acceptable number considering the 20 touchdowns and the immense production he had there. And on the other hand, really good news for Cheeto, who when the Bengals signed Wuzier, we talked about the fact that he was dealing with a new defensive coaching staff in Dallas. He was dealing with injuries and prior to that had some success and had been a good player in this league. He's a really good athlete. And, you know, the, the praise that Zach Taylor had for him about his work ethic and the way he go about his business and the way that he approaches his job was really encouraging to hear as well. So I'm excited to see Cheeto a little bit more in preseason game two as he's going to get a quarter, maybe more than one deep shot where, you know, maybe Antonio Brown dropped the ball. Maybe Cheeto got a hand in there to help break it up. But Zach Taylor did address who will and will not play in preseason week two. And we'll discuss Zach Taylor's comments coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Look, if you're looking for any kind of car parts, something as simple as windshield washer fluid, that simple. Maybe it's air filters or maybe it's something a little more serious like a fuel pump. They got you covered at rockauto.com. They've been in the business for more than two decades. I've used them. You should try them out too because you can avoid going to the big box store and spending way more than you need to on the parts you're looking for. Or you could save time and money by not going to the car dealership and spending even more than the big box store by surfing rockauto.com in your comfy slippers from the comfort of your own home. So check them out again, rockauto.com right now. Save time, save money. And when you're there, make sure you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or 
Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. James, preseason game two nearly here, just a couple days away, and we'll do a full preview of that game tomorrow and all the things that we're watching for, but I thought today would be a good opportunity to talk a little bit about some of the position battles that we're expecting to see, and maybe we start with the players that won't play and some of the doors that those players not playing might open in some of these position battles. So, Zach Taylor tells the media today on the defensive side of the ball, a pretty long list of players not playing, notably among them, Eli Apple, who I think is certainly making this team at this point, but it would be good to see him as fans who haven't been able to see him yet. Ricardo Allen, who it looks like might be part of a plan to play more dime defense with an extra safety on the field. This is something that a few people have pointed out to me that I haven't had a chance to go look at yet. And that's that the Bengals, when their first team defense was on the field, did go dime a couple times with Darius Phillips as the extra safety. And I imagine that's Ricardo Allen's role if Ricardo Allen is healthy. So something that just comes to mind when I think about Ricardo Allen. Khaled Kareem also won't be playing this week, a fifth-round pick from last year who showed some stuff a little bit earlier in camp. We haven't heard from him for a little bit. He's been dealing with an injury, so he won't play this week either. But on the offensive side of the ball, Fewer players that won't play, but still some interesting position battles impacted by that. We'll get to the defense in segment three of the show. The most notable absence, I guess you could say, out of players fighting for a roster spot is Travion Williams, who will not be able to play again. He's still dealing with a hamstring. Taylor said they're going to keep him back in Cincinnati, let him continue to work on his rehab, which opens the door, of course, to Chris Evans and Jacquez Patrick, both of whom are continuing to try to fight for a roster spot at running back. Also not playing, just to wrap up the not playing conversation real quick. Trey Hopkins, we'll talk about that one too. And Joe Burrow, of course, as we knew, will not be playing in preseason game two. Yeah, let's um, let's start, I guess, with the running backs because you kind of mentioned the the shuffling there and how it's going to happen and what's going to happen. I think Jacquez Patrick it instantly becomes a guy that if they keep four running backs – has the edge over Travion Williams. And, and that's kind of the key. What's the number at? I don't think Williams is going to surpass, or, or Patrick, excuse me, is going to surpass Chris Evans. I just don't. I think Evans offers you really anything you could ask for out of a, a sixth-round pick, certainly a guy that's going to be your third backing catch out of the backfield. We've seen you know the physical talents and all of those things. But Patrick, he performed at that level, ran for, what was it, 71 yards the other night, and had that big 24-yard run to kind of clinch the game. And Zach Taylor's like, yeah, we kind of expected that. That's how he's played. It's just no one else has seen it yet. And so he can play his way to me on the Bengals roster and kind of force their hand a bit to keep a fourth running back. If he plays well again, 
then it's like, man, we can't put this guy out there and, and risk him getting claimed off waivers. We've kind of developed him some. He's been in our system. We're comfortable with him. He might be able to force their hand a bit. And I, I think that's what's the, what we're watching for. And if you're Travion Williams, that's what you're worried about. If Patrick continues to excel, can only keep four at best. And so that's what Patrick's trying to force, force their hand. And if you're Williams, you're hoping you're back next week against Miami. And I think that's the hope for the Bengals as well. I think, you know, they've had him on the team for a couple of years now. They are interested in keeping him around and and finding the opportunities for him. They, they must like some things about him. And I mean, they obviously went out and drafted Chris Evans this year too. It's interesting because from a, from a product production standpoint, I guess Chris Evans not as good as Patrick in preseason game one and Brian Callahan went so far as to say he needs to realize what he can and can't do in the NFL. Whereas Patrick very, I think aware of how he can be effective in the NFL. The the other side of this is Chris Evans has all the tools, as you mentioned, James, all the tools that they're looking for in that, mm-hmm. you know, spell Joe Mixon spell, uh, Samaj P Ryan running back. He can pass block pretty well. Like I've said several times, I thought he was fine in pass blocking against, uh, who did they play? My memory is failing me in preseason week one. And oh, but the bucks. Yeah, of course, man. I thought you were talking about like a specific matchup. Yeah. The no, bucks. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just having a bit of a day here. Memory wise. So, uh, I, I did think that he was fine in pass protection in that game against the bucks. And, you know, he showed off the athleticism in a big way. He showed off that he can run and move with NFL athletes. Not that Patrick can't, and he brings that bruising style. It's just from a skill set that this team is missing, do you need a Jacquez Patrick if you have a Joe Mixon and a Samaj P. Ryan for those goal line situations, for those short yarded situations? It's not like a guy like Chris Evans is their first back or Geo is their first back where that big bruiser change of pace guy is is more valuable to the team. So I do think that makes it challenging to, to justify the roster spot. And at some point, James, we'll have to look at the 53 and figure out where they're going to go light, where they're going to go heavy and figure out if we think that four running backs is a possibility. The other interesting position battles, James, that we should probably talk about on the offensive side of the ball, obviously guard. We've talked about it a ton. It seems like there's two guys battling at each of the two guard spots for a total of four men competing for two sp- starting positions. Unfortunately, none of them appear to be Jackson Carmen. And with Deontay Smith missing practice on Wednesday, it sounds like a dehydration issue. He may or may not play in preseason week two. Yes. And that might open the door. I, maybe he's just not in the running for a starting job. And maybe it's really just right guard that's open if, if he can't play this week. And that sets him back. But it seems like four guys for two spots at each of those two guard positions. No, I think he's still in the running. I really do. And I, it's a bummer because I, I was wondering if he was going to get some run on the right side this week. We didn't see it. Obviously, he wasn't out there Wednesday. Maybe they would have tried it Wednesday. And instead, you saw Michael Jordan at left guard some on Wednesday because it's this is the rotation. I mean, it's Xavier Suofilo, Quentin Spain, Michael Jordan, uh, Deontay Smith. And who is going to emerge? Who is going to flash? To me, if I'm these veterans – well, seize the damn job. Like, if you're Xavier Suofilo, this might be your last chance in the NFL to start. It really might be. So you better go out there against Washington and show you can, you know, handle those guys. And I know that's much easier said than done. 
but he's probably going to get the start. Obviously, Quentin Spain's going to get the start. Um, at least I think so. I don't think Spain or uh, I don't think Smith is going to play because of that dehydration. I don't just knowing this coaching staff, knowing how Zach Taylor operates. I don't think you're going to rush him back when you've seen him and he's really flashed his potential. And how does that hurt his opportunity here to potentially seize one of these starting jobs? I, I think it does. Zach didn't really think so when I asked, but it has to impact it some. So yeah, this is, uh, this is the biggest battle of all these. This is the one that matters the most. And whoever emerges as the starters, hopefully they get it right. And hopefully these two guys, whoever it is, ends up being competent or better. You know, a league average or better. And that's that's a lot to ask, no matter who comes. You know, if it's Smith, asking him to be a league average guard, starting guard, that's a lot. Asking Spain to do that, it's been a few years since he's been that. So we'll, we'll see if they can uh, they can get the job done. Yeah, big test. Again, all these preseason games, big test. But Washington football team, another fierce defensive line and another place where they're going to have to cut their teeth against a pretty good group. There are a couple more offensive positions that we should talk about, James. Backup wide receiver, wide receiver five and six, maybe tight end number three, where it seems that Thaddeus Moss may be the leader at this point, which does surprise me to some degree. But let's talk about those along with the defensive positions to wrap up the show coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get the latest news there, the latest odds there, all the info you're looking for when it comes to your sporting needs, whether it's Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, obviously the NFL. I talk about it all the time. If you think Joe Burrow is going to win Comeback Player of the Year, you might as well wager on it. You can do that at betonline.ag. Maybe you think it's Joe Mixon. Maybe you think it's going to be Dak Prescott or Saquon Barkley. It's one spot betonline.ag. So go there now and check out all of the different bets and different wagers you can make. And when you're there and you sign up for free and you go to make that first deposit, use promo code locked on and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. It's that simple. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, free money with promo code locked on at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. James, a couple offensive positions that we haven't talked about yet that we should get to before we wrap up the offensive side of the ball anyway, tight end and wide receiver where Trent Nerwin, Trent Taylor seems to maybe be flipped from where we thought it was a week ago where Trent Nerwin maybe has moved ahead of Trent Taylor or maybe not hard to say. Mike Williams weighing last year where he was able to play with Joe Burrow at times, scored a touchdown you know, had some Mike conversions. Thomas. Mike Thomas, what'd I say? Mike Williams. I'm looking at Puka Williams' name here. Yeah, Mike Thomas was able to play last year, do some things for this team in regular season NFL games. And then Puka Williams, who's trying to make the team as a gadget guy, as a return man, as an offensive weapon. Seems like there are going to be two guys out of this group that make it. And I, right now, 
I would say Mike Thomas is still probably ahead for wide receiver five, despite what everybody might think. And Trent Irwin might have moved ahead of Trent Taylor for wide receiver six. Certainly a chance, and it's certainly possible. Uh, the, the Puka Williams thing, let's start there, because I think that's interesting, and that ties into Travion Williams being out, because maybe he can get a couple snaps in the backfield, right? Maybe he can do that along in the you know fourth quarter, late Friday night. We're getting ready to record our post-game show here on Locked On Bengals, and Puka Williams takes it to the house. You know, you never know. And so that part of it is interesting. But from a wide receiver perspective, too, how does he line up? When you have these other guys that are better, like Mike Thomas, Trent Irwin, Trent Taylor are all better receivers than Puka Williams. So balancing that is going to be interesting. And by the way, they should be better receivers than Puka Williams, who's been a running back his whole life. Um, but as far as the the battle goes, I think Mike Thomas is still on the team. I think people just kind of are bored with him. And, you know, it's like, oh, Trent Taylor's this new shiny slot gadget receiver, not gadget, but slot receiver that, that's kind of quick and runs good routes and had a couple highlight catches. Yeah. Is he really a better receiver than Mike Thomas? Is he more trustworthy? Uh, you know, Mike Thomas plays on special teams, too. So we'll see there. Uh, and, and I think it could come down to, to punt returner a, a bit. If you're Trent Taylor and you outperform Darius Phillips over these next two weeks as a punt returner, then – you know, you've shown you're a capable receiver. You might not be as good of a receiver as Trent Irwin. I don't necessarily agree with that, even though Irwin's made more plays. Uh, but that is going to be a, a really interesting battle. If I had to, you know, put it right now, I would say Thomas is at five. Taylor's got a slight edge at six because, again, he's got that special teams value in multiple different areas, including returner. And then seven is Irwin, but it is close. And honestly, Stanley Morgan... Uh, you know, is is another one that could get in this mix. He really could. So the battle there for one, maybe two spots, I guess three, if Mike Thomas is in jeopardy, you know, five, six, seven, that, uh, you know, if they keep seven, it's it's one of the more interesting battles on this team. Maybe second behind guard. If they keep seven, I have to believe Stanley Morgan is one of them because of what he brings on special teams that some of these other guys don't, even if they think Mike Thomas is a good special teamer. I think that Trent Taylor on paper does make all the sense in the world because he can back up the slot position well and he can return punts. He does several things where he can play special teams. Trent Irwin, yep. is he returning punts at all in practice? Is, is Puka Williams actually lining up at running back in practice? Because if those things aren't happening, then I, I do wonder if we'll see them on Friday. And, and that would have an impact, of course, on this race. I think that the chalk is still Mike Thomas and Trent Taylor. I think you're right. Yeah, so Trent Irwin has not lined up as a punt returner to answer your question. Puka Williams has lined up in the slot, has lined up at, at running back throughout camp. Now, post-injury, this hamstring injury hasn't done as much of that in the backfield, but he's certainly done, and I wouldn't be shocked if they do that. But Irwin, I mean, if he goes out there and continues to make plays – he might not make this roster because it is a loaded receiver room. But I was talking to a, a, an agent the other day, and they're like, man, how's the back end of that receiver room looking? It's like it's such a loaded, you know, because they're they're wondering if their guys are going to make it, right? And uh, the, the thing is, is like Mike Thomas, he's going to be on the team. It might not be in Cincinnati. I think it's going to be. Trent Taylor, as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to be on the team. Now, he doesn't have the preseason clips, you know, Thomas had a pretty, you know, a couple good catches and a fumble. Irwin, 
had a couple good catches. So maybe, you know, Taylor, maybe this is his week to put some some clips out there because that is the key. You got to get some tape out there for these other other teams to see. Yeah, I think that that's what hurts Taylor right now is he hasn't produced as a wide receiver yet and he'll need to. Tight end three seems like Thaddeus Moss is ahead right now, but I, I think this one's still pretty open between Thaddeus Moss, Mitchell Wilcox, Mason Shrek. We'll find out a lot more about that one this week, I think, in terms of who's getting reps where and with whom and who's getting plays designed for them. We saw the Bengals try to sneak in a a designed look for Thaddeus Moss, and we also saw Mitchell Wilcox lined up out wide a few times in preseason game one against the Bucs. We'll see what game two has in store. Let's shift over to the defensive side of the ball here with a few minutes left, James. And Khaled Kareem's absence could open the door. And I don't know that it necessarily does. I think that, again, it's not just the preseason. It's how's, how was he looking in practice before he got hurt? It's how did he show last year? It's how did he show in OTAs? It's all these things. It's not just preseason game performances, but they do matter. We know that they mm-hmm. matter to coaches uh, probably a fair degree. And with him not playing, that means most likely more, more playing time for Darius Hodge, who had a standout week one, and Amani Bledsoe, who was a contributor for this team last year. He played a lot of snaps, and he was actually pretty good in preseason game one, too. We just didn't talk about it as much because, I don't know, maybe not as flashy a name. He's not a newcomer. He was a guy that we know pretty well from last year. Does Calicari being out open the door? I don't know, but I do think that there's some competition there at the back of the defensive end room and really the defensive line room in general, very crowded for guys trying to make the roster. For sure. And that that's one of those many battles. And it's funny with Hodge, like a lot of people that were watching the game were like, Oh my gosh, this gem, this undrafted guy, man, he can bolster the Bengals pass rush. And it makes a ton of sense. And I'm not knocking those people, but when Luana Rumo talked earlier this week, it was, yes, yeah, a couple good pass rushes, but there's more to it than just a couple good rushes. Yeah. And I was just like, man. So I, I wonder how the rest of the film looked for Anarumo. At the same time, how do you not give Hodge more run right now? And, you know, with Kareem out, it just makes sense. It's it's like Chris Evans or Jacquez Patrick. How do you not give those guys more run? The door's open. Let's see if Hodge is not only going to run through the door, uh, but run through the door frame and take it with him all the way to the 53-man roster. That's That would be my mindset here if I'm the Bengals yeah, and we're really talking mostly end-of-roster players at this point and guys that may or may not be active on game day. Rennell Wren, another one that we'll have to watch. Khalil McKenzie, uh, Freedom Akimo Ladoon, some guys at the back end of the defensive interior that seems to be pretty well set at this point with Mike Daniels, Josh Tupo, DJ Reader, etc. at the top of that room. And We'll see if any of these guys can claw their way onto the roster. At linebacker, there's another interesting conversation similar to wide receiver if, and really only if, I think they keep six linebackers. I don't think Marcus Bailey has a roster spot that is in danger, but Joe Batchy, a guy that we've talked about a few times, if he continues to impress, I mean, I think practice squad would be, would be the most likely outcome, but maybe... He, he impresses his way into convincing them to keep six linebackers. I don't think they will or should. Maybe should more than well because they only ever use 
two linebackers for the most part, and they're not going to keep an extra guy active at the position. But I think that's one to watch this week as well. And of course, with Eli Apple out, cornerback six, also interesting. So those two will both be things to watch this week. Yeah, can Jalen Davis double down on his performance yeah. and continue to push for that spot? Will Winston Rose emerge a bit? It, it, you know, so that's certainly something to monitor. And you know what, Jake? I hope all these guys play well because if they put good tape out there, there are going to be teams that say, hey, we could use Joe Vachy. Maybe we send this offensive lineman or this insert whatever that we're going to cut anyway that the Bengals might like and like the film of that flashed during camp and send him for one of these guys. So, look, if they play well, that's great because even if they don't make the team, whether it's a practice squad spot or maybe a player-for-player player type deal, back in the day, Reggie Nelson, that Reggie Nelson deal, player-for-player, player, you never know what, what's going to happen right before cut-down day. Yeah, and even last year, more out of necessity than anything, Christian Covington was a player-for-player player yeah. trade, as I recall, late in the process last preseason. We'll see how these guys shake out. We'll talk more about what we're watching for in preseason game two in our last episode before that game coming your way tomorrow. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.